There's something lurking in the trench. That's the biggest Meg I've ever seen. Biggest Meg anyone's ever seen. And something else in the sewers. Enough talk! I dream about fighting every night! You've got a rage problem, oh, right? It's not a problem! I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend. Friday, August 4th to Sunday, August 6th. We're counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Two days after some of her former backup dancers filed a lawsuit against her alleging a toxic work environment involving weight shaming and sexual harassment, pop star Lizzo has responded in a lengthy social media post. In a statement released Thursday, the 35-year-old About Damn Time singer said, quote, These last few days have been gut-wrenchingly difficult and overwhelmingly disappointing. My work ethic, morals, and respectfulness have been questioned. My character has been criticized. Usually, I choose not to respond to false allegations, but these are as unbelievable as they sound and too outrageous to not be addressed. These sensationalized stories are coming from former employees who have already publicly admitted that they were told their behavior on tour was inappropriate and unprofessional. She goes on to say, With passion comes hard work and high standards. Sometimes I have to make hard decisions, but it's never my intention to make anyone feel uncomfortable or like they aren't valued as an important part of the team. I am not here to be looked at as a victim, but I also know that I am not the villain that people and the media have portrayed me to be these last few days. I am very open with my sexuality and expressing myself, but I cannot accept or allow people to use that openness to make me out to be something I am not. There is nothing I take more seriously than the respect we deserve as women in the world. I know what it feels like to be body shamed on a daily basis, and I would absolutely never criticize or terminate an employee because of their weight. The suit, filed Tuesday in Los Angeles Superior Court, alleged that Lizzo pressured one of her crew members to touch a nude performer at a strip club in Amsterdam and made, quote, thinly veiled criticisms about one dancer's weight, among other claims that the plaintiff said contributed to a toxic work environment surrounding the recording artist. Representatives for Lizzo did not immediately respond to EW's request for comment. Following Lizzo's statement, former backup dancers appeared on CNN, hitting back at the singer's response. Ariana Davis said, quote, It took me until actually leaving the camp that I figured out that everything that went on was bad because I just chalked it up to, you know, oh, Lizzo might be a diva or this is just the industry. This is what we go through. Me personally, looking at the response from Lizzo was so disheartening because she was there. She was there. And to fix your hand, to write on a piece of paper that you discredit everything we're saying is incredibly frustrating. When asked if she thought Lizzo would ever resort to physical violence as retaliation, Noelle Rodriguez responded, Yeah, I do, explaining that she thought Lizzo was going to assault her one time and that the singer's best friend had to, quote, physically hold her back. Following their CNN appearance, the trio of former employees released a written statement addressing Lizzo's reaction. You can read that in full at EW.com. And Jack Quaid won't be saying flame on anytime soon after reports circulated on Thursday claiming that the boy star was set to play Johnny Storm in Marvel Studios upcoming Fantastic Four. Quaid clarified on Twitter saying, quote, hello, everyone. Nope, not playing Johnny Storm. But hey, I'm flattered. The actor was cited as a possible Johnny Storm in tweets by reporter Jeff Snyder, who has since deleted his claim that Quaid would join the MCU. Snyder has now pivoted to claiming Stranger Things star Joseph Quinn is in the running for the role. For more on those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. 
We're exploring grief, family, love, and gardening in this weekend's number five pick. The limited series The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart is about a young orphan girl played by Alicia Debnam Carey who goes to live at Thornfield Flower Farm with her grandmother, played by Sigourney Weaver, after her parents die in a fire. Here's a bit of the trailer. Alice is my granddaughter, and she will be living with us from now on. Some people in this town don't like the idea of women running a farm. They don't like that we keep to ourselves and that we're different. What the hell happened out there? Based on Holly Ringland's hit novel, the sprawling family saga takes place in Australia and spans multiple decades. Over the course of the series, Alice deepens her connection with the wildflowers that surround her and also uncovers troubling secrets about her family's past. There's things you need to know, Alice. What you love. Things I can't leave in a message. Are you part of it? A part of what? Were you ever going to tell me? How could I? Are we still going to run away? You lied to us. Oh boy, well, roll up your sleeves and put on your gloves. The first three episodes of The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart are streaming now on Prime Video. Are the home bakers of beloved Netflix reality series about to get good? The big Nailed It Baking Challenge is trying to set its contestants up for success to varying results. The Nailed It spinoff, which is streaming on Netflix now, introduces two experts alongside host Nicole Byer and head judge Jacques Torres. In the 10-episode season, baking expert Aaron Jean McDowell and cake artist Robert Lucas will attempt to give the bakers some actual training. Let's take a listen to the trailer to see how that goes. Oh, my. I can't tell if that's a good or my word or bad. Did you taste it? Hold on. No, I got it. It is time to eat some good cake. Tell me more. I found 10 people with dreams of being great bakers. (gasps) Oh, shoot. (laughs) In the end, the best baker will get to learn key skills and take home $100,000. I have five daughters. You know what I could do with a hundred grand? We enlisted two coaches to teach you everything you need to learn. I don't know what to do. How's it going with these bakers? Some of them are just going haywire. Looks like some of you are starting to use buttercream on your cakes and Robert hasn't even demonstrated yet. Oh no, Travis! Oh! Yeah, yeah, just get me over with. I ain't never done no cake like this. Go big. I didn't know we were sitting among Michelin's chefs. This is a huge improvement. When you make something from the heart, you feel the love from it. I don't know if this is right, but we're going to double fist the stirred. <laughs> if we pull this off, you have learned so much. Someone might actually. We finally had good cake. you get this job i'm really adorable well if you're worried that the help from aaron and robert will lead to a professional kitchen 
Don't worry. What you couldn't see while listening to that trailer were the towers and towers of toppling cakes. So take some inspiration from the amateur cooks competing for $100,000 and whip up a sweet treat for yourself while you binge the big Nailed It Baking Challenge, now streaming on Netflix. If there's one thing we know about the 80s NBA, it's the legendary rivalry between Bird and Magic. Now, the first season of this weekend's number three pick, HBO's Winning Time, about the Los Angeles Lakers during that glorious decade, focused very specifically on the 1979 to 1980 basketball season. That was the rookie year for Irvin Magic Johnson, played by Quincy Isaiah, and culminated in the Lakers' victory over the Philadelphia 76ers for the franchise's first championship in years. So, as you might imagine, everyone's feeling pretty good heading into season two, especially new Lakers owner Jerry Buss, played by John C. Riley. But the thing about being champion is that you're also a target for everyone else. As the Lakers have been building their dynasty, the Boston Celtics have been rebuilding their own franchise with the new phenomenon, Larry Bird, played by Sean Patrick Small. Just take it from Adrian Brody's Pat Riley. Look, Irvin, you know why nobody repeats? Because the guys that you beat along the way, they spent all that time figuring out new ways to break you down. Well, season two of Winning Time will have a larger scope than the first, encompassing the years 1980 to 1984. On the management side of things, it will also show how Riley supplanted Paul Westhead, played by Jason Siegel, as coach, and how Jerry Buss's children, Jeannie, played by Hadley Robinson, and Johnny, played by Thomas Mann, got integrated into the team, not always happily. You look good in that chair. Really something hot. A woman owner. You could bring him home a hundred trophies. You're never going to be his favorite son. Season two of Winning Time premieres Sunday at 10.15 p.m. on HBO. It's trivia time. This week marks the debut of the new animated movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. More on that in just a minute. Now, the Ninja Turtles have appeared in seven theatrical movies to date, and with many comic book movie productions, the TMNT movies have attracted some impressive talent. But which of the following Oscar winning actors has not appeared in a Ninja Turtles movie? Sam Rockwell. Cuba Gooding Jr., or Whoopi Goldberg? Stick around for the answer, as well as our top two picks and soundbite of the week. What to Watch will be right back. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Have you ever wished The Parent Trap was a raunchy musical comedy starring two adult men instead of Lindsay Lohan? Well, if so, you are going to want to check out the new trailer for A24's Dicks the Musical. The movie stars screenwriters and songwriters Aaron Jackson and Josh Sharp, who play long-lost twins who conspire to get their parents, played by Nathan Lane and Megan Mullally, back together. 
The movie also marks the film acting debut of Megan The Stallion, who steals the show in our not-suitable-for-work soundbite of the week from the movie's new trailer. Have a listen. Y'all just servants, this is my palace, built it brick by brick. So get in the line, drop on your knees, and suck my dick. Jason Statham took a big bite out of the summer box office in 2018 with The Meg, a hit almost as big as the giant shark his rescue diver Jonas Taylor battled in the movie. Well, five years later, the action star is back for this weekend's number two pick to once again hit the water and beat up some big old fish in Meg to the Trench. Jonas, we need your help. Detecting increased aquatic activity 25,000 feet deep in the trench. It's an ancient ecosystem untouched by man. Whatever is down there is trying to make its way to the surface. This was a bad idea. Just a little bit. This time around, Statham's non-Piscene co-stars include his fellow Meg veteran Cliff Curtis, as well as Chinese action actor Wu Jing. But the franchise's most intriguing addition is director Ben Wheatley, who made his name crafting offbeat low-budget movies like Kill List and A Field in England. Film fans will be hoping the English auteur can improve upon the franchise's commercial but critically maligned first entry. Three massive megs, and who knows what else have escaped the breach. You can just hope it goes better than last time. What happened last time? You don't want to know. Well, surely you want to know if Statham and Wheatley have scaled new heights or just jumped the shark by checking out the now screening in cinemas Meg to the Trench. Fans of the recent Spider-Verse movies should be excited to know that some other animal-themed pop culture icons from New York City are getting a similarly creative animated treatment. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is our number one pick this weekend, and it takes the turtles back to their animated roots and also heavily emphasizes their New York vibes. Now, this franchise reboot finds Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael, and Donatello as teenage turtles still living under the protection of the rat Splinter, voiced amazingly by Jackie Chan. The first human they meet is, of course, plucky young journalist April O'Neil, voiced by the Bear star Iowa Debery. This is insane. Turtles, mutant, karate teens. I want to know everything about you. Our dad is definitely not a giant rat. That makes me feel like he's a rat. So April clues the turtles in on a mysterious crime conspiracy plaguing the city, led by the mutant Superfly, who's played by Ice Cube. Superfly and his gang of mutants have an anti-human philosophy that sounds more than a little like the X-Men villain Magneto. What the? Y'all some little tortoises, huh? I can't believe there are other mutants. You want to roll with us? Oh. Humans are never going to like us. So we're going to let the mutants rule the earth. People's they got to go. Okay, um, sort of a twist. Twist indeed. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is in theaters now. And by the way, Paramount is 
clearly confident in its new franchise revitalization. The studio has already announced a sequel film and a spin-off TV series for Paramount+. Plus. And finally today, the answer to our trivia question. Which of the following Oscar-winning actors has not appeared in a Ninja Turtles movie? Sam Rockwell, Cuba Gooding Jr., or Whoopi Goldberg? I'll show you the money if you got this right. Kidding, I'm not giving anyone any money. The answer is Cuba Gooding Jr. Sam Rockwell played an unnamed thug in the very first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in 1990, and Whoopi Goldberg played Megan Fox's boss at Channel 6 News in the 2014 TMNT reboot. Cowabunga! Well, folks, that is it for our show this weekend. We'll have more news and musty picks for you on Monday, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm executive editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. This episode of What to Watch was written by Wesley Stenzel and EW staff, edited by Sammy Junio, produced by Ashley Boucher, hosted and produced Produced by Jared Hall and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. One, two, watch.